1: Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray. He is the person to turn to for financial advice, guidance, conversations, anywhere in the Tri-City area. He's based out of Pinconning, and you can find him online as well at his uh, business website, insightfolios.com. That's insightfolios.com. Dot com. Click the Listen button to ask questions, listen to past episodes of the show, and to find more information about the planning process that we talk about here on the program. Kevin, great to be with you this week. Both of us back from a uh, little out-of-state trips. How was yours? Uh, mine
2: was good. You know, I ended up in Nebraska for a little bit. I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, we got to do a little uh, a little mountain trip in the North Carolina mountains, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, stayed in a really cool place, a really cool um, cabin. And I've never stayed on a river before. And I knew that this house was on some sort of body of water, but I didn't know that it was going to be a full-blown nice river. And so that was so cool. When we got there at night and we stepped out of the car and you could just hear the water just roaring down below the house, it was such a cool spot. So we just had a blast, totally relaxing. Uh, enjoying walking down to the it was a bunch of steps so the house was pretty high up on the river but they built this beautiful um, intricate walkway all the way down to the river's edge very rocky down by by the water line and that was just really really fun Well, we've got fun things to talk about on today's show. Uh, We're going to answer maybe a listener question or two before we wrap up for the day. We're going to talk about some retirement demographics to kick things off in a few minutes as well. Don't run away. We're going to talk about some stats, but we're not going to get lost in the numbers by any means. But I think these will be some eye-opening things to share with you. All that and more on the agenda. But let's start things off, Kevin, with a fun fact of the week. Uh, If you wanted to see every piece of art in the Louvre, uh, by the way, have you ever been to the Louvre?
2: I never have. Okay,
1: me neither. Have you? I have
2: oh, not.
1: Okay. Mm. Well, we'll add that after the cabin and fly fishing trip. We'll, there, go, we'll there, go to the oh. Louvre. <laughs> Two different ends of the sophistication spectrum right there. <laughs> um, if you want to see every piece of art in the Louvre in one visit and spent just 30 seconds looking at each piece, it would take more than a month for you to see everything. And that's assuming that you were there 24-7, taking no breaks, never slept, never ate, nothing, just exactly 30 seconds on every piece in the Louvre. That's pretty significant. That, w- that would be a long, exhausting way to see all those things.
2: That's a pretty eye-opening you know, stat right there telling you how big it is then. Um, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, I've watched specials on TV about it and those types of things. I like to go there. But that's uh, pretty phenomenal.
1: Yeah, that certainly is. So pretty impressive to think about. I love when we can take numbers and stats and kind of put them into, you know, some sort of perspective. Like whenever you hear a, you know, X, Y, Z stat about stretching something across the, goes around the equator three times just to kind of help you wrap your mind around something scale. You know, it's pretty. Well,
2: we know Tom Hanks has been there, right?
1: Uh, to the loo. That's right.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm in that movie anyway. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, the, um, oh, the what the cryptic was it called? movie? Yeah, whatever that thing is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they had the secret. Sequ- Vin- the da, Vin- da Vinci Code. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we knew we'd get to it eventually. Uh, yeah, that's right. That was a very popular movie for uh, a couple of years ago. All right. Well, let's dive into some more stats, but these will be related to retirement and financial planning, Kevin. So, I'm curious, how do you interpret these different stats I'm going to throw out, and if at all, do they play a role in your planning process or an individual's planning process for their retirement? All right, so let's see if uh, people also make some personal connections with these different stats. So folks over the age of 65 currently make up 14% of our country's population, but by the year 2030, they'll make up 20% of the population. So that the older segment of our population is definitely growing and will continue to do so.
2: Wow, we're aging as a population, as you just mentioned, Walter. I'm going to ask you a quick question here. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. According to the AARP, how many baby boomers are turning 65 every single day?
1: Oh, um, I'm just going to guess 10,000.
2: You're exactly right. Oh, all right, great. We, we, you get, a, you, get a, you get a prize today, and that's <laughs> expected to continue through the 2030s, just like we're talking about. So that means nearly seven baby boomers are turning 65 every minute. Think about that just for a second. Every minute, every sixty five minute f- minute. So if we put the correlation to 2 we're hearing about social security and Medicare programs are expected to run into financial trouble in the next decade or so, you can see why we're having all of these, you know, it's like an egg going through a snake, all of these, you know, baby boomers are going through there and coming out the other end. And we're seeing that as far as the calculations and, and the, you know, the warnings about the Medicare and social security trouble coming down the road in 2021, a year ago, an average of 65 million Americans per month received Social Security. That kind of puts it in perspective,
1: doesn't it? really does. That's a, Six, that's a, that's a big number.
2: So out of those 65 million Americans, uh, Walter, what do you think the total and benefits were paid during the year?
1: Oh, no. Now we're getting numbers that are harder to guess. Yeah. Um, out of 65, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to wrap my mind around that one.
2: I didn't either until, we, until I started looking this up. We're oh, so about you're asking me a question you didn't even know. Answer. Thanks. <laughs> It's over one trillion dollars oh my gosh That's one trillion dollars in benefits paid so we can look you know down the road and say well there's the social security you know we've we heard about all the woes of that but there are 77 million baby boomers in the. US do you know the baby boomer what what the years you had to be born in to be a baby boomer
1: Oh I can't quite remember the year something through the 50s right 50s, 60s yep 1946 to
2: 1964 okay so I am on the baby boomer list. My, so my means, folks
1: were 58 and 60, so they're right there. They're right there with me, yeah.
2: So if we got this large population moving, you know, we're getting older, we're moving out, what do you think that's going to do to the market as far as um, people taking-
1: Well, that's um, a lot of money coming interest. out of the market, right? Because exactly. people are using their retirement savings.
2: Exactly. Now, as we get older, it's, uh, most people we I talk to come in our office, when they're thinking about getting 80, what do you think their biggest concern is?
1: Well, I know we've talked about that before, not running out of money, right?
2: Right assisted living nursing home facilities and healthcare Health healthcare stuff. So that just kind of gives you a breakdown of what we're what we're heading into for the next 10, 20 years and you can kind of, you know, look down the road a little bit and maybe do some, you know, some planning around those types of things, but that's happening as we speak and that a lot of people don't realize that but 1 trillion dollars of social security benefits were paid out last year, over 1 trillion.
1: All right, so that should put uh, some things in perspective for you with that particular demographic In stat. Here is another one, Kevin, to drive the conversation ahead a little bit more. Again, focusing on a 65-year-old male, and we're talking life expectancy here, If you are 65 years old, you are expected now to live until 83. But a 75-year-old man is expected to live to 86. So if you make it that extra 10 years, automatically your life expectancy goes up another 3. And it's even more interesting for females because a 65-year-old female is expected to live for another 20 years to 85. But again, if you make it 10 more years to 75, your life expectancy grows another 3 years to 88 years old. So... Those who have already reached that milestone of 75 now kind of have to start recalibrating, right?
2: We do, and we know that. There's all these uh, you know stats out there since we're going through this. If you're a married couple and you're here at 65, your life expectancy is even longer. So what does that mean? We have to plan for income for longer than normal life expectancy. So if you come into my office, you say, wow, I'm a 65-year-old male. My average life expectancy is till 83 Let's plan no eighty five. I don't typically do that. I'm gonna to go to ninety ninety five just because there's that outside chance and it's a good chance that we're gonna make it that long. So we're not you know, we're not building retirement income plans based on, you know, life expectancies. We're building them to have more than enough income going down the road because Walter, I don't know about you, I'd rather have more than enough income than not enough income as I get older.
1: Yeah, that's an obvious but, one.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that target's going to keep moving, you know. With all of the um, medical technologies coming around, that target's just going to keep moving, you know, north and north and north. Did you hear Walter? I just read about it yesterday. That they figured there's one person they figure they they cured of AIDS, and so that'll mean you know that's a new technology, that's a new breakthrough,
1: and you know. Goodness, I just saw that headline. Like that. I didn't read the story yet, but I saw that headline.
2: Yeah. So that's you know those things are coming down the road. So we're gonna move, we're gonna live longer. So it's important to be sure that your portfolio has long-term growth built in it that builds predictable income, no matter what your lifestyle is, no matter what life throws at us. If we're going to live to 100, we need that income coming, and it starts with you sitting down and going over that income, and more importantly, understanding how that income is going to produce from your portfolio so you don't run out of money.
1: Helpful to get all of these different angles here, life expectancy and social security. We've already talked a little bit about how that population uh, of growing folks in retirement impacts those elements. What about another demographic for you here, Kevin? By the way, if you have questions about something we talk about on the show today, you can give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 885 7526, or go online to insightfolios.com to inquire more. Uh, People over the age of 65 generate income in several different ways. It's been found. All right, so 37% comes from Social Security, 30% from some form of working, 19% from pensions, and 11% from savings and investments. How do those numbers strike you? Seems about
2: right to me. Let's back up just a little bit, Walter. When You're saying over age 65, right?
1: Correct. So we're not necessarily yeah. saying retired, just over 65. It's over 65. So if we
2: think about that for a minute and we look why we're working, why we have kids, you know, when, we're, when we first get married and have kids and all these other types of things, a third of our time is spent sleeping, a third of our time is spent working, and a third of our time is spent with everyday you know, activities, work, and those types of things. So when you retire at 65, we're gaining a third back, aren't we? Because work's not in there. So now we're spending a third of our time working, I mean sleeping, excuse me, and two-thirds of our time doing what?
1: Uh, eating. Whatever it is in <laughs> retirement, right? So we, <laughs> That was a personalized answer.
2: <laughs> so we gain a third of our time. So more than a third of that income of people from 60, over 65 is going to come from Social Security. And we're seeing people working longer in retirement because they maybe they didn't save enough in retirement and they need more of that Social Security benefit. Um, you know, that's what we're seeing. A lot of people waiting longer to fully retire. Some people like their jobs. We have a lot of people, Walter, come in our office. They really like what they're doing, so they're going to continue working part time just because they like what they're doing, and they want to build their uh, Social Security benefits. Pensions. What do you think pensions are nowadays, Walter?
1: Well, that that, that numbers have to have been uh, had to have been dropping over the last several years, right? Dram-
2: dramatically. Unless you work for you know the government or somebody like that, it's hard to get a pension anymore. And it's more important to generate income from different sources in your retirement. We talk about this every week. You know, you could use interest. You could use dividends. You could use the 4% rule. You could have rental incomes. There's all sorts of uh, sources to, be, you know, to get that retirement income up and going. But here's the key. You have to sit down and you have to figure out what works best in your information and go forward with that.
1: Helpful all the way around there, Kevin. All right, One more stat or demographic I want to throw your way. Between now and 2042, so 20 years from now, the baby boomer generation will pass down nearly $70 trillion to their beneficiaries. So you were talking about the money coming out of the market, but in theory, as that money gets passed down to beneficiaries, that then has kind of a, a second impact, right? Well,
2: it does, and that's a huge number, isn't it? I
1: that's mean, sa- you talk about numbers that are hard to wrap your head around. $70 trillion yep. pretty much is uh, the definition of that.
2: And. Walter, what do you think when my clients come into the office and we're sitting down and we're talking, what do you think they say about their beneficiaries? What do you think their overall feeling is towards that?
1: Well, I think you've mentioned that they would, they would would most of them would love to pass something on, but it isn't necessarily as important as making sure that their health care and kind of other needs in retirement are taken care of.
2: Yeah, I, a lot of times I'll hear, well, you know what, I'm saving that for the kids. And my re- response is, let's leave over what's left to the kids the best possible way. But that tri- that seventy trillion dollars is coming down the pike. Do you think the um, Congress and Senate are looking at that?
1: Uh, yeah, they're looking at is that, not. and wondering how they can get their slice of it. Of course, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so,
2: so we can expect what from that? We can expect taxes, law changes, all, t- law all, changes, all sorts of things. Yeah. So we, you know, we can't anticipate. We can anticipate that we don't know which way it's going to go, but we can, you know, start building some of those things to build a tax advantage plan going into retirement, so more of your money goes to your beneficiaries versus say paying it in taxes if you're a baby boomer it's worse considered maybe you want to gift some things now i have an aunt I have several clients instead of waiting until they're gone they give now why do you think that is walter
1: they want to see those folks enjoy uh some of that money some of those dollars while they're alive instead exactly. of after they've passed away
2: yeah, and exactly and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you can afford it so if you're the beneficiary of a baby boomer It's important to understand what taxes you're gonna have to deal with. They change the tax laws here in the Secure Act. You no longer can do the stretch IRA. You You have to spend down that IRA within a 10 year time frame. Several other things coming down the pike that need to be planned for today. Every week we sit down and we talk about planning and this is just part of what we're talking about you've done a good job. You're a baby boomer. You've saved a lot of money and now you're going to pass something down to your beneficiaries. Let's be just, just as diligent as protecting that income from as much taxes as we can and get it down to your beneficiaries as tax efficient as possible.
1: Well, if you want to talk a little bit more about some of the things we've discussed on the show so far, it's definitely helpful and beneficial to do so, and you can have a simple conversation with Kevin about these things. Uh, that That's your starting point, is just to start talking about, yeah, how am I going to be impacted by all these baby boomers retiring? Uh, I am one. Uh, where do I fit into the equation? How can I make sure that I'm well-protected financially into the future? How can I make sure that I'm not relying too much on Social Security, but yet still maximizing it? And, hey, I have a pension or I don't have a pension. How does that play into the equation? Are my investments in the right places? These are the kinds of questions that Kevin will walk through, help answer for you, and put together that comprehensive financial plan to make sure that you can get to and through retirement with more confidence. And if you would like to have that conversation and uh, start locking in uh, a better financial plan, give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 888- Eight eight five seventy five twenty six. You can also get in touch via the website, insightfolios.com. Check Kevin out there first if you'd like, or you can email Kevin, kevin at insightfolios.com as well. Or just stop on by and say hello at the office there in Pinconning. That's uh, an easy way to do it as well. Uh, drop-ins come by all the time, don't they, Kevin? All the time. That's right. Uh, 888-885-PLAN is the number to call, though, if you want to set that time up to visit. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick message, and Kevin and the team will get back in touch with you to set up that time to meet. 888-885-PLAN. All right, more coming up on today's show. Stay tuned to Simply Financial for more great financial advice, information, and retirement planning guidance. We believe it only takes
3: three steps to build your financial future. And that's it. You shouldn't waste your time getting bogged down by complicated numbers and confusing financial products. Why worry with the minutia? Three steps is all it takes. Step one, you talk. Step two, we act. And step three, here comes the fun part you relax. Come in for a visit with our team. We'll listen as you explain your needs, dreams, and desires. We'll then craft and implement a financial plan to achieve your goals. Don't worry. As life happens, we'll adjust your plan. All you have to do is take it easy. Don't make retirement harder than it should be. Schedule your visit with our team. Call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. We're only a phone call away. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526.
0: Planning for retirement shouldn't feel like rocket science. According to the equation, S equals one-half AT squared. But it's easy to get lost in the financial jargon. Keep
1: listening to clear up the confusion. Welcome back. This is Simply Financial. Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios. Serving you throughout the Tri City area with an office in Pinconning. You can find Kevin online at insightfolios.com. On this show, we tap into Kevin's three decades of financial planning experience. He's also an author, uh, the co author of the book Navigating Through Retirement. And he was even born and raised here in Pinconning, if you're new to the show and don't know that already. Uh, but we, we try to communicate that every once in a while to you. Uh, Kevin, I know that you, you love the area that you live in, you've been there for a long time. On this next part of the show, we're going to be talking about game night. Uh, We're relating financial planning and retirement to some popular board games. Were you a board game fan when you were a kid growing up? Do you still play board games occasionally?
2: Uh, Occasionally, yeah. Um, And We played as kids. My mom is really good at it, you know. Played Monopoly, Sorry, I'm trying mm. to think back, all the things. And, of course, Mom normally won. So, Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mom was Mom was good at just about everything she did. So um, she she was normally – didn't have pity on us kids. Once in a while, I think she let us win just to keep us in, enticed. But the, other than that, you know, she pretty much kicked our butt.
1: That's too funny. I love board games. I uh, definitely enjoy playing them. I haven't gotten into the, like – I don't know, like some people are are into the games that last hours and hours and they get more complex. I still kind of just like the classics like Monopoly. The problem is I can never find anybody to play Monopoly with. Everyone seems to hate Monopoly, at least in my sphere. All of my family hates Monopoly. My mom's the only one who likes Monopoly, but that's because she likes to be the banker and cheat so she can steal, <laughs> steal 500s and all of a sudden have a whole bunch of money at the end of the game. <laughs> um, but we recently got into playing Chinese checkers over Christmas. Um, my grandparents got my dad a board, and so we all started playing it over the course of you know having a couple of days off around Christmas, and we got really competitive at it. And it's been a blast. I didn't grow up playing it, but we've had a really fun time learning the game of Chinese checkers and and playing that. So it's been pretty, pretty fun. I recommend it. If 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 you've never played Chinese checkers, get into it. It's a fun, fun little game for sure.
2: Well, there's billions, if not trillions of dollars been made on these board games. Oh, yes,
1: so, okay. definitely, definitely true. Uh, well, let's talk about some comparisons, some things that we can learn. We'll, we'll have a little fun going down perhaps memory lane and some nostalgia while we talk about game nights, but also learn some about retirement planning. So what can we learn about retirement planning from, you mentioned it to start off with, Monopoly?
2: Oh, that's a good game. Uh, I haven't played that in years, Walter, but last year, we every year we go up to... Uh, um top in a b and we stayed with some friends up there for a few days and it was a rainy day so we broke out the monopoly board and i forgot how much fun that can be and how long it can be as you just said and uh the first game i lost terribly and i won the second game big time um so that was a lot of fun gave me a lot of memories but if we think about monopoly what does that mean walter the word monopoly.
1: Oh, uh, well, trying to, to get everything, have a monopoly, have yeah, have yeah. the market cornered, right? Yep.
2: So I learned don't land on Park Place and Broadway Place and all, of the, all the railroads. You know, every time you land on it, you had to pay it. Um, so one person owned all of those assets on the monopoly board. But what are some of the things that we can correlate to monopoly? Well, if you work for one particular company and you have all your assets in that one stock, that's probably not a good thing to do, Walter. Can we think of any recent companies that wouldn't have been a good thing to do it?
1: Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know if this is recent, but like Enron uh, yep. when it when it tanked. I mean, that was obviously one that was big in the news. And then in two thousand eight, some of the some of the banks that that was a bad place to have everything in one spot.
2: Yep, and then you know Kodak, right? Oh yeah. Thinking Kodak. back, mm-hmm. and the thing is, you know, we have some people who work for you know a particular company, they get attached to that particular stock because. They're kind of loyal to it, especially the Dow guys, uh, Dow Chemical guys, because it, they're, they provided their family an income all these years, and they're loyal to it, which in some cases isn't bad. But don't put all your eggs in one basket. We know that. One asset class, you know, don't go all in stocks, don't go all in bonds, don't go all in the bank, whatever it is you have to diversify and diversification is key when we're sitting down and we're talking about investments so don't monopolize your investments into one particular asset mix or one particular investment going forward because we know sooner or later that doesn't that's not going to work and it's going to hurt you going down the road
1: it's a pretty good point yep so monopoly lots of good things to learn from that one all right what about trivial
2: pursuit i played that a little bit here and there you know you got to have a little bit of knowledge about a lot of different topics mm-hmm. so how do we correlate that to financial planning? Well, Social Security, Medicare, taxes, investments, how do we create income, income planning, tax strategies, you know, state strategies, do you need powers of attorney, all those things come in. So when we're sitting down and we're talking to somebody, we have to have a little bit of knowledge about everything, not pertaining necessarily to the investment world, but pertaining into the income plan, that's more important. So how how are all of these things complementing one another, and how are we putting all you know together all these strategies so you can have your best retirement going forward? And that's how we do it. We have to know a lot about a lot of little different things, and we want to incorporate that into your plan going forward. Uh,
1: that's the one game where kind of master of all trade or you know jack of all trades master of none sort of helps you out a little bit. Right? It does. Yes. Yeah. Trivia, right? Yes. Uh, now you said before the show when we were talking about board games, you never played Candyland. I but, never did. Yeah, okay. All right. So uh, I'll explain. The Game of Candyland, obviously, it's, it's popular among kids. Uh, I think maybe I played it two or three times as a kid before you were like, all right, this isn't really for me. But it's purely the luck of the draw that determines how you move. There's really zero skill. It's one of those games where there's zero skill involved at all. But it's interesting to watch the kids play because they don't necessarily understand the difference between a game of luck and a game of skill. I played another one with my little – I have some little cousins at Christmas that we were playing a kid's game, and – the adults were getting mad at me because I I beat the pants off the kids. Uh, I I, I, I was so good at the game, but it was all luck. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like the the outcome is literally predetermined. There aren't any decisions that I could make that really impact the winner of this game. So it's just a game of of luck purely. So, you know, it's interesting though to watch the kids react because if they win a couple of games in the row, they start to think they're really good at it, not realizing that there's really nothing to be good at.
2: Well, that's funny. That's probably the reason I never liked it or I never played it because it's got to have some sort of skill for you know, right for me to get involved into it.
1: You can play a game of luck once or twice, but then, at least for me, and it sounds like you too, it's just like all right. Well, I need it. To, I need it to challenge me more beyond this.
2: So you're saying that really takes no skill, right? Right. So we can, I can kind of you know correlate that this way is that you know you pick a couple of investments and you get maybe lucky on one, and then you think that you can repeat that skill going forward. Well, instead of, you know, recognizing it was just luck, what's the old uh, saying there, Walter, blind squirrel finds a a nut once in a while? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that happens to everything. So overconfidence can lead into bad decisions in the future. Your emotions get involved. We know that. So don't trust the investment, the income planning, those types of things to luck. You're going to need somebody to help you go through that. I can get sick, Walter. You know, I can have a stomach pain and look into the, you know, WebMD and come up with seven different diagnoses and maybe none of them are right. I go to a doctor who knows what they're looking for and run the test to make sure that I'm being diagnosed correct. Same thing here when we're looking at investments, they have to fit, they have to, we almost have to diagnose what works best in your portfolio. Don't leave it to, you know, chance or no luck and just picking something based on past performance. Past performance necessarily doesn't work on future performance. And there's all sorts of things that are changing constantly. We just talked about a lot of those uh, just a few minutes ago. So take this, in this you know into stride. And I, I would advise not leaving a chance, sit down with somebody and, and get that plan going.
1: All right. Next game is the game of risk. And by the way, if you do want to get that plan going, uh, give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's the show number. You can dial in. Don't worry, we're not going to put you live on the air. You'll be able to talk to Kevin one-on-one about your financial plan or any questions that are on your mind to get the process started. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 885 7526 whether you just have a simple question or you are like yeah let's go do a full plan right now wherever you are on that spectrum Kevin can help you spark the right conversation 888 885 plan is that number or go to Folios. All right, the Game of Risk you also have not played. I only played it one time back in college, I think, with uh, roommates and whatnot. But the Game of Risk is appropriately named because you can take some chances and enjoy a big payoff, or you could end up taking a big risk backward. Basically, the Game of Risk you try to dominate and take over different countries on the world map, and you're moving around pieces of, like, your army and that kind of thing.
2: Okay, so we're talking about risk, so that should be easy enough to correlate. So risk. Walters, taking risk in your portfolio a bad
1: thing? I would say no. In- inherently, it's-, it's not a bad thing.
2: No, because taking risk over time has always you know, outperformed, you know, the more conservative investments. But the key is how much risk do you need to take going into retirement if we're talking about retirement planning? So let's say that you have been in a growth portfolio for 20 years and it's done very, very well and you're getting already retired and you're you know, 100% in on risk. How do you determine how much risk you need going into retirement? Well, that boils down when you come into my office, we're going to do that simplicity process and I'm going to look for what's what we call your retirement number. And it's the average rate of return you have to earn on your investments going forward so you don't run out of money. And there's lots of factors in there. How much Social Security are you going to, you're going to get? Do you have pensions? Do you have rental incomes? Are you going to get an inheritance? All those things we've been talking about. And when I put all of those uh, you know, inputs in, it's going to come out with a very specific number. And it's going to say, I need to average 2% of my investments going forward. I need to average 10% of my investments going forward. Obviously, whatever the higher the number, the more the risk we're going to have to take. And, there's, and there is such a number. If we need to average 10% a year so you don't run out of money, we know that's not going to work. So figuring out how much risk you need to take in retirement is the first step. And then adjust your portfolio, your income portfolio to that so you don't run out of money.
1: Very helpful, and uh, again, that is the game of risk. All right, last but not least, I know you had to have played this one, Kevin. Battleship. Where oh, yeah. wh- where's our uh, relationship between retirement planning and battleship?
2: Well, this is the one I used to play with my mom too, and she, I don't think I won too many too many of these games. I don't know how she yeah. figure out figure that out.
1: Yeah, I played battleship with my dad, and he always won too. this This was a t- this was the one he always had the upper hand on.
2: Yeah, so we're trying to figure out, you know, your opponent's ships lo- locations without seeing their side of the board. Uh, is Battleship around anymore? I haven't yeah,
1: seen one. Yeah, yeah, they've got it? a few different like variations of it, but it's it's still around.
2: So a good advisor is going to see the board, even if you can't. What do I mean by that? Well, we're going to look at several different things that you may not be looking at. We're not going to. You know, we want to look at your retirement number. We want to look at how much income you have. We want to look at Social Security. When's the best time to turn it on versus taking it now versus taking it later? Are you going to get inheritance? How can we minimize the taxes on that? We can see all types of, you know, we can see all sides of the board that maybe you can't see in particular. And that's what a good advisor is going to do. They're going to sit down. They're going to build you a solid income plan based on your circumstances no cookie cutter plan don't go into that situation where the big brokerage houses are giving you a cookie cutter plan they're all the same plan for everybody based on how you feel about risk and we just talked about that we need to determine how much risk You need in your portfolio, not how you feel about risk. So, sitting down with a good advisor, they can do that. They can see all sides of the boards. They can put together that plan for you to complement all those things going into retirement to get you to and through retirement with the confidence you're looking for.
1: Again, if you want to get in touch with Kevin Ray and talk a little bit more about your own financial plan, get into some of the details that are specific to your situation, here's what you need to do pick up the phone, give them a call now while you're thinking about it at 888. 885 plan That's 888-885-7526. Kevin's your financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you throughout the Tri-City area. Office right there in Pinconning, so it's easy to pop in, say hello, have a conversation about your financial future and retirement. 888-885-PLAN. Ask the questions that are on your mind from a financial standpoint. What do I need to do to be better prepared for retirement? Those kinds of things. Always so helpful. Make sure you're asking the right questions and to the right people. Kevin can help connect all the dots to a successful retirement for you. 888-885-7526 is the number. That's 888-885-PLAN. All right, more coming up on today's show. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. Time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on the show today. Kevin, my question for you this week involves uh, a little bit of food, maybe, involved in the answer to this question, perhaps. Well, oh, has to. We talk about it every yeah, week. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, do you prefer to watch a movie in the theater or at home?
2: Ooh. Now, the, well, most of the time, I'm going to say theater, Walter, and, and you hit on them. Right on the nose, the food aspect. There's nothing like that big bucket of popcorn full of butter, right?
1: Yeah, I mean you can have a good bucket of popcorn at home, but it's not the same as getting not it truly the there. Yeah.
2: No, no. And then there's something about the big screen, and I, I can remember what. And I'm going to date myself. Dances with Wolves. It was a long time ago, on that big screen with a big bucket of popcorn and there's something about the big screen too and then you know the the surround Dolby sound and the thunder going off and the rattling that just I I, I prefer the yeah. now saying I haven't went in the last couple of years for obvious reasons right um, exactly but I do enjoy the theater, just the ambiance, just the surrounding, just, you know, it kind of brings you back to when you were a kid. When I was in Pinconning, we used to go to White's Theater and, you know, watch, watch the movies as we we're, were kids going up in town. I remember we could take RC bottle caps sometimes and you know, purchase some of the movie ticket that took to get in there and lining around the block here in pink County. just good memories from all around from going to the movie theater. How about you?
1: Yeah. Even, um, with the, the most modern of theaters these days, there's still that nostalgia element too um, involved with it of, the being a kid and going to the movies and being able to kind of relive that a little bit. And I agree with you. You can't replace that popcorn, the smell of it. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to like go buy milk duds typically at the grocery store. It's just like it's one of those things you only buy at the theater, or you know, name your favorite snack like that. That's just it's a movie theater snack. It's the only appropriate place to eat it.
2: Um. <laughs> the milk duds last
1: a while. That's right. <laughs> I will say that. I will say though, uh, it's very nice to be able to pause a movie if you've got to go use the bathroom. And that's the one thing in the movie theater you can't do.
2: <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs>
1: so I always I, I, I always hate that when I've really got to go to the bathroom, but I really don't want to miss what's going on in the movie and it's like, well I can either be uncomfortable and not enjoy the experience or I could miss part of it and you know, but at least be more comfortable. And so you wage you wage that battle and squirm a little bit and go, All right, what can I make it? Can I not make it? What how much more runtime is in this thing? You know <laughs> So that's a funny dance to, uh, to do. So that good, might be a, a check mark in the home category there. Yeah, good memories, though. Me. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right, fun to talk, talk about that kind of stuff. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap up today's show by answering uh, one of your questions right here on Simply Financial. Stay tuned. After a while, all that financial
0: noise seems to run together.
1: In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the – anyone? Anyone? The Great Depression – past the, anyone, anyone?
0: It's time for a fresh perspective.
1: Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Thanks for being with us today on Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios based in Pinconing. You can find us online at insightfolios.com. Click the listen button to ask questions or listen to past episodes of the show. You can also uh, click on the button that says Simplicity Express and get a little mini quick financial plan done for you, a little assessment of where you stand financially. It's a great way to dip your toe in the planning waters if you're not quite ready for you know, picking up the phone and giving us a call right now. But if you want to kind of do a little on your own research, go to insightfolios.com, click Simplicity Express, answer a couple of questions, and it's a great way to kind of get some initial info on where you stand in terms of your retirement preparation. Very helpful to do that. All right, Kevin, I want to answer some listener questions before we wrap up for the week. If you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future show, you can do that by calling 888-885-PLAN. All right, Marty has our first question. And Marty says, I've never used a budget in my entire life. Do I need to start budgeting now that I'm about to retire?
2: Marty, that's a good question. So if we think about it a little bit, you're going into retirement. More importantly, everybody sort of has a budget, don't we, Walter? I mean, whether we're
1: writing it down or not is a question. But yeah, we're all sort of living on a budget.
2: So going into retirement, you want to know if you have enough money to do the things that you want to do. So I'm thinking an income plan is going to be your budget here, Marty. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you're going into retirement, we need to know your Social Security. How much is that going to be? We need to know if you have a pension. We need, More importantly, we need to know how much income do you need to live on every single year. We need to factor inflation in that, and we need to put all those numbers together to see what it looks like. So an example, you have $48,000 a year of, of bills coming in, and you have $50,000 a year of income. Well, then we need to budget. We need to sit down, we need to figure out where are these assets going to go, how, how are we going to be, you know, generate the income, and what's going to be paid, because that's a very slim margin. So a budget would be, a good thing in that particular case. On the other hand, we don't know, Marty, until we sit down and we go through that process with you. Just because you haven't budgeted all your life doesn't mean we don't have to do that going into retirement. Where does it start? Sitting down, putting the income plan together, and just seeing where you're at. And sometimes when people come in our office, we have the conversation, we need to work a few more years, we need to take less income. We don't know that until you sit down and you put that income plan together, Marty. So give me a call. Come in. I'm happy to go over that with you. And then we can see about the budget.
1: Again, that's 888-885-PLAN. If you want to pick up the phone, give a call, and set up that time to visit with Kevin. 888-885-PLAN, 888-885-7526. Good question, Marty. All right, here's one from Wendy. Wendy says, my husband died in a motorcycle wreck two months ago. Sorry to hear that, Wendy. I'm just now starting to sort through our financial matters. He was 51, and I'm 49. I'm about to receive a significant amount of life insurance, and I was planning to pay off the house with it. But somebody told me I shouldn't pay it off because interest rates are so low. Is it a bad idea to pay it off with this money?
2: Well, Wendy, if you listen to the show, you know I'm all about no debt. But in your particular case, you lost your husband. I'm sorry about that also. But you're 49 years old, and depending on the life insurance going forward. I tell all my clients, when somebody passes, let's not make a decision for at least six months. Why? Because our emotions are raw. We can't think straight. We just lost a loved one. So take a deep breath, Wendy. And once we get through that period where you can, you know, you're kind of getting back on your feet, I think we need to look at if we save that money, what would it do for your retirement? Maybe we could take some of those dollars and generate income from that to pay off your house a lot sooner. There's lots of ways to look at uh, doing something like this uh, going into retirement. So if it's life insurance that you're getting, we know that that's tax-free, so we don't have to worry about taxes on that. So my advice would be, you know, take a little breather, you know, let's, let's sit still for a few months until you can get back on your feet somewhat. Let's sit down and let's see... Based on your circumstances, maybe it is best to pay the house off. Maybe it isn't best to pay the house off. More importantly, we need now that your husband's gone, we're going to have an income shortage. Maybe we need to look at that also, or in fact, we do need to look at that also. And like I said, we could use life insurance. We could use those proceeds maybe to generate some additional income to make extra payments on the house and pay it off, and you still continue to have that lump sum intact going into retirement. We don't know yet. It's too early and we need you to sit down. We need lots of, you know, we need to answer lots of questions or ask you lots of questions before we can answer those questions going into retirement for you and getting a good, you know, good solid answer for you. So I hope that helps you. When you give me a call, I'd be happy to go over in more detail with you.
1: I know it's difficult to uh, obviously go through that and then have to handle all these financial decisions that come at you. But definitely take those things in stride and at your own pace, and that's a great question to ask. Get a full review of your financial plan. If you've got some major decisions on the horizon, make sure you're making those choices and those decisions with the full picture in mind, not in a vacuum, not as a standalone decision. If you want to get in touch with Kevin and talk about these kinds of things, go over your financial plan, talk about retirement, talk about retirement. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give a call. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. You can call, set up that time to visit, and be well on your way pretty quickly to having a more secure financial future in place with a better financial plan. Pick up the phone and give a call to 888-885-PLAN. Kevin, thanks for all the help on the show this week. Really enjoyed it, and we'll chat again soon. Stay well. All right, we'll do That's Kevin Ray. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to everybody next time, right back here on Simple Financial.